Hey everyone, it's another week of Find Your Film. This is the week ending Friday, October 22nd, 2021. I would love to say we have a lot of movies this week. We do have a lot of movies this week though, in the guise, or I guess in the presence of my betters, Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky, because they both have respective, I believe, scary Halloween picks. This is the month of Halloween. It's the, one of their favorite holidays. I'm assuming Bruce Perky, Mega Perk, is this is Halloween your favorite holiday of the of the year? Maybe or maybe Christmas because you're a festive kind of chap. It's just behind Arbor Day. Arbor Day just beats it a little bit because you know <laughs> trees. Just, dude, because of trees. Because Arbor Day, Eric Holmes, is that is that higher in your list or is Halloween actually your number one holiday of the year? I believe Arbor Day was invented in Nebraska, so and that's where I'm from. So yeah. Go Arbor Day. (laughs) Unless I'm wrong about that, then fuck Arbor Day. (laughs) We are the premier Arbor Day podcast. We're all about the trees. So, yeah. So, yeah, Eric, Halloween, really big. You're excited. Are you going to go trick-or-treating with your your niece? What what do you do on Halloween? Do you dress up? What do you do? I stay home. Last Last couple years, we've been positioning our house to be the house that the kids go that's where they got the good stuff. So like we get like the full bars of candy. Usually I have like a last, last year I had like the big boxes of sweet tarts and I got a bunch of magic, the gathering cards. And uh, I had my, uh, my niece and her friend make a bunch of like Harry Potter wands. So we were given, we were given those out and those were a pretty big hit. I, I don't go trick or treating. I'm the guy that stays at home, but I, I got everything all situated and all the big candies good to go. And I figure 10 years from now, it'll finally catch on that's the house and get there early otherwise it's gone because that after it's gone then we just go with the regular bowl candy and then one year i ran out of everything so i just started handing out uh handed out uh packets of ramen you would not believe how excited kids get when they get a pack of ramen a packet of ramen for halloween not even in the candy corn colors they they, they're just excited they just kids love ramen i had no idea apparently that's the thing i didn't know but now i do well, now I know too. I'm Adrian. I love ramen. That's that's sort of part of our DNA. I just bought five packets of ramen the other day. Had no idea about the Halloween spin, Eric. Personally, since I'm not as festive as you, Eric, with, with Halloween, what I do, what me and my mom do is uh, we we just, everything's closed. Everything's closed off. No no candy, no light on the thing. It's just me and my mom. We're, we're looking at our iPhone. We're looking at, at, at Bitcoin prices and Ethereum prices. By the way, Bitcoin reached an all-time high today. I'm so happy, but you know what? We're not we're not as happy as Eric and his family. They do such a great job for Halloween. Now, Bruce, what do you do for Halloween with your family? Are you as really wonderful as Eric about it, or are you a mean mean Joe Green type like me and my mom <laughs> on Halloween? My kids in the last couple of years have got old enough that they don't really like to go out as much. So they enjoy the giving out candy and trying to be spooky and all that kind of stuff. So depending on the year we get, we go big on the spooky, but this year, not so much because I got to work late. Uh, We've done what we'll do too, is we don't actually do anything mean, but we'll do things like uh, we'll just leave the bowl on the porch unattended, but someone will be standing at the entrance, the walkway beckoning people. And not do, don't jump at them, won't do anything. Just stand there in costume, beckoning them. And usually they'll go down the street, walk around the walk around our house. <laughs> That's scary. And then we'll have I'll have a kid run out to them with the candy, you know. But uh, yeah, that is very cool. I think I need to be a little bit more festive when it comes to Halloween this year. Maybe I'll start buying candy and and actually saying hi to my neighbors. I haven't done that for the last thirty years living in this neighborhood. That just means I'm a miscreant. Is that the right word, Bruce? Miscreant. 
I, I don't like people or mis, what, not, not a misogynist, mis, misanthrope. Maybe a bit malignant. Malignant. I was going to say malignant. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a bit, may a bit ma- malignant. Okay. Malignant. Malignant. That's malignant. Now, this is a little bit of a surprise, and this is going to be a surprise to Bruce Perky. And you, Bruce is actually going to be hearing this as sort of in real time. Okay. Our main feature this week is this documentary called Becoming Cousteau. Eric Holmes, were you able to watch this movie? No. Why were you not able to watch this movie, Eric Holmes? Can you tell our listeners? I, I clicked on it and the, the thing expired, so I couldn't do it. You couldn't? How dare you, Eric Holmes? I do not. I'm not. And and Bruce, were you able to see Becoming Cousteau? Yes. Good. I, I'm glad, Eric, someone's responsible because <laughs> I sure as hell am not either because I looked at the link and I was not able to actually watch Becoming Cousteau because I tried it in the midnight hour. The link would not work. Uh, here I was. I was ready to blame Eric for all of our sins. But you know what? I'm a sinner too. So I guess it's it's going to be you, Bruce, for our featured film this week will be Becoming Cousteau. And then we're going we're gonna to actually have some Halloween scary picks from Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky. These Eric and Bruce will be pretty much anchoring this Find Your Film episode. Just wanted to say one thing for next week. Bruce, can you tell us, can you tell our listeners what, what uh, link we got just today? And both you and Eric are so excited about that we're going to cover early next week, even though it doesn't hit theaters November 5th. What are you guys excited for us to to watch ASAP. We are going to watch the new, I think it's co-directed movie, uh, The Beta Test, Jim Cummings. Uh, we've been waiting for this for now. We've been aware of it for what, six months, seven months, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it also has what? Uh, Virginia Newcomb. Thank you. My brain always forgets. Uh, and she is in it. And that makes us even more excited because we love her work. Who, which by the way, she is currently, as we speak, I think on day three of shooting the Seed and Spark movie, Don't Die, just about a hundred miles north of me right now. That's amazing. And Eric, we, we actually, you donated some money to the Seed and Spark campaign. Are you excited about seeing I this did movie? Not. We oh. did. Oh, we as did. As you recall, we oh. were on a uh, special uh, guest uh, guest host on Cinematics in my potty mouth. I <laughs> kept adding to the pot. Yeah. yeah. Donated yeah. it under, uh, you know, under Cinematics and Find Your Film. And so, yeah, it, it it's it's kind of fun when you get the when you get the uh, the crowdfunding emails. They kind of update you on the movie, like because there wasn't anything for a while, and then all of a sudden they start getting emails. So I'm like, oh yeah, that thing, and then yeah, it's it's pretty exciting, and look forward to uh, seeing that when it comes out. Well, we're also looking forward to checking out the beta test. Here's here's oh, a little sure. here's a little skinny. We actually got the link as of today. We're recording on a Wednesday. And the movie, even though it doesn't come out November 5th, the powers that be said, hey, you know what? You guys can actually review this movie a week earlier. And that usually bodes well for the actual efficacy of this film. So when publicists tell journalists and podcasters say, hey, review this movie as fast as you can before it comes out, that's a very good sign for the beta test. I'm really excited for it. Bruce Perky, I have not watched any kind of movie directed or starring Jim Cummings. What am I missing at all am i you know i haven't jumped on the bandwagon yet what have i missed these last couple of years regarding not watching any of his movies yet like the wolf of snow hollow well a couple of things first of all he's he's a really strong um champion of independent film first of all and he's really really accessible just as a a, a celebrity i guess out there because in, in, on twitter and every place he's always right out there and really cool but his movies are very 
uh, and Eric can attest to this, his, his style is very, very unique. He's got a very singular voice in the way he acts and the way he writes. It's kind of this combination of, he's kind of like the frantic loser, but lovable and also neurotic. I mean, he's, he's, <laughs> he's played a cop in the two movies that we've seen so far, but he's done it in a very unique way. Uh, and I think he started with a short for Thunder Road, which basically becomes the opening of Thunder Road. And just that alone is a tour de force of uh, a single monologue craziness. What do you say, Eric? Yeah, he's got that kind of whimsical kind of flair to his movies, but it's not obnoxious like uh, Wes Anderson. It kind of, it, it just kind of, He's got it really dialed in, I think. And it it's also has a bit of darkness, but it doesn't go too dark either. It's it's just like Bruce said, it, a Jim Cummings movie looks like a Jim Cummings movie. And I think uh, going forward, you know, a lot of people might kind of ape that style and kind of like how, uh, uh, you know, when Napoleon Dynamite came out, it's like, oh, that's, uh, he's ripping off Wes Anderson. You know, the lightning road will come out and go, oh, they're ripping, <laughs> off, they're ripping off Jim Cummings. <laughs> But uh, yeah, and again, I, I appreciate that he uh, champions independent film and uh, filmmakers. It's, it's really cool when someone kind of champions stuff like that and their movies are also good. Yeah, and that just makes it that much sweeter. Eric, uh, I'm sorry. We just got an email from the publicist from the beta test. You are not specifically. Actually, it says you and Bruce, Greg, you and Bruce are able to see the beta test, but I, yeah, um, I can't believe it. I'm seeing this. I'm reading this. Eric Holmes, hamslime at gmail.com cannot actually open the link until he sees the Wes Anderson movie, The French Dispatch. Will I, you watch The French Dispatch? In I, of- <laughs> I already opened the link and I was afraid to close it. He's like, it's expired or something. Too- <laughs> well, in fact, you-, you know what? Show's over. We'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs> are you Let's going like, to? Yes. Bruce. The reviewers. This is, this is the, like, the, I say first world problems, I guess, reviewers that get screeners problems, that agita you get when you open it, it says three views. And you're like, oh, oh crap. I better not close it accidentally one more time or I'll only get halfway through the movie. (laughs) It's like, no, it's it's your fault, Bruce, because whenever we get the screening within 10 minutes, you're actually watching the movie and you put me and and Eric in a, in a chaotic uproar because we're so nervous that you are, you're a quick draw friggin' cinematic McGraw when it comes to watching movies, expect Bruce Berkey and Eric Holmes to watch. Yes. This wonderful Jim Cummings movie, the beta test. ASAP. We'll be talking about it next week here on Find Your Film. Now, Hopefully the second likes it. That'd be well, nice. You- <laughs> <laughs> That's think so too. That would be yes. terrible. Oh, you know, I, I heard the beta test might be as brilliant, Eric. I'm excited. They said they, someone said that it might be as brilliant as the Blazing World. So I think Bruce Perky might be really excited about this, nice. right, Bruce? Nice. Yes. Nice. I'm on fire. I'm on fire for that idea. <laughs> okay. Now. First off, our feature review is, well, put X does not mark the spot for Eric Holmes or Greg Me, Greg Zerzavosti, speaking in the third person. Bruce, you're going to anchor this segment. Featured movie, Becoming Cousteau. You're the only responsible podcaster who legitimately opened the link that worked. Tell us about this documentary. Should people watch it? Whether or not you love Cousteau or not. Uh, I would say yes. I would say it's actually probably more value added the less you know about Cousteau. Because I think that some people 
more in our age group might be so familiar with him that you'll get, you'll still get something from this, but you might get less from it than a person who goes like, I've never heard of this guy. Who's this guy? And then as they discover all the things he's done and who he was, they'll be probably pretty fascinated that they didn't know more about him. It's directed by Liz Garbus. I didn't write all the information down. I believe it's through National Geographic. Yes, it's through uh, National Geographic. And it's Liz Garbus is a two-time Academy Award nominated filmmaker. So we're assuming this documentary is not just a paint by numbers project on Cousteau. Right. So it isn't, um, so this isn't going to be a super avant-garde style. It's, it's pretty straightforward as far as the style of the documentary goes. It, it's kind of goes through his life from pretty early on, actually, especially, especially from the point that he kind of becomes a sailor and interested in the sea and all of that. But what is really cool about this movie for the people who ha- do know a lot about Cousteau. So in my age, there was these specials all the time, the undersea world of Shock Cousteau, I believe is what it was called. I remember that, yeah. At first, I think it was kind of a series, and then eventually it became like you'd have specials. So, and on TV, because there weren't a lot of choices, you know, if you were interested into it, you'd be looking forward to that. Oh, new Jacques Cousteau special. It's about sharks this time, or it's about octopuses or whatever it is. But before that, it shows how he started out. And I'm not going to go through all the things. It's kind of kind of fun to discover if you don't know more about him. But essentially, he is probably the most responsible first person for the way that we view underwater photography, the way that we view, the way that we can explore underwater. He's responsible for that in an actual invention standpoint. He's very, very responsible for um, ecological stuff as well. And even pretty strong um, thing into the whole global climate change stuff too, which I did not know about that part as much. Uh, and what I will say is that you talked about whether it's a puff piece or whether it's a, you know, paint by numbers, the things that I appreciated about this and the early stuff that it talks about him, it doesn't shy away from how early on, like a lot of different pick your cause, they weren't as aware. So when they saw sharks attacking a wounded whale, which naturally happens in the world back in the early days, they all got all mad and they dragged a bunch of the sharks onto the deck of their ship and murdered them all you know killed them all my goodness and there's sort of stuff like that in here yeah so addresses obviously he's passed now but they have interviews throughout his life and he addresses later in his life and he just admits we were wrong we shouldn't have done that and i changed and i learned from this and the whole that kind of gives a lot of the stuff he does later in this movie when it comes around you know ecological and preserving the the, the oceans and all that it gives it a little more uh oomph because he wasn't there at the beginning of his life. He had to come to that point. So as opposed to someone who just kind of was raised their whole life with those beliefs, it actually gives a lot of strength to that. So I think that journey is really useful in this as well. Other little things for filmmakers, watching his first Palm Door winning documentary was directed by Louis Maul. I didn't have no idea. Wow. That's kind of mind blowing for film, for film lovers. You'll see that. I won't go into much else. This is a solid documentary. If you want it, just a meat and potatoes documentary with gives you information about someone you may or may not know a lot about. It's great. If you don't know a lot about him, it might even be better. Okay. So that is becoming Cousteau. Thank you, Bruce Perky, for being one out of three who reviewed this National Geographic Documentary Films Project, which by the way, again, it comes out this Friday, October 22nd in over 300 screens in 50 plus markets. Again, from National Geographic Documentary Films, becoming Cousteau. So are there a lot of also talking heads just talking about how awesome Cousteau was or did they leave that trope out of the whole doc? There's a little bit in there. I feel, and a lot of it, if they are talking heads, it's people that 
he actually was with. But I think most of it is footage, a lot, a lot, a lot of footage. And there's a lot of footage that hasn't been shown before. And I won't discuss some of it because there's some, there's some footage they show that I was kind of surprised they showed because some of them are, are tragic events, which they were partially responsible for, but they show it. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. That shows that this isn't, you know, paint by numbers, like you said. Okay. So that is Becoming Cousteau. Eric Holmes, Bruce did a better job at reviewing this movie than, than you and I probably would have. Maybe every single week, we just introduce a movie and just have him review it. What do you think, Eric Holmes, about that idea? I love that idea. It's I don't, probably the I don't like idea. this idea. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like this idea. <laughs> Let's let him do all the hard work because he's the most insightful out of all of us. So again, Becoming but we'll just have We'll just have Bruce review the movie and then we'll go, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're wrong. <laughs> One or the other. Yeah. Eh. You know, we should do next time for the just future episodes, Eric, when we just pretend we, we actually the link expired and then we, we, we actually did watch it and there then we, we don't say anything. And, you know, especially if it's a hard movie. So, Bruce, remember, you're, you got the kit. You're, you're the man. On, you're, you're the man on the what is the mast. You're, you're, you're the captain of the ship now when it comes to to a lot of movies. We're going to actually throw that to you. So hopefully get ready for to doing a lot of movies by yourself. Okay. How does, how does that sound? Okay. Yeah. No? Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to, before we get to our recommendations, I'm just kidding. Before we get to our recommendations for this podcast, I also wanted to say for next week, we're, we're going to be reviewing the beta test. Of course, the aforementioned Jim Cummings. One thing I'm also going to plug next week is I just received a DVD and Blu-ray of Stillwater and courtesy of Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. One big part of what we're going to do with Find Your Film, I alluded to it last week, is we're going to do some DVD Blu-ray giveaways. So next week, I'll be doing a DVD Blu-ray digital code giveaway of the Matt Damon film Stillwater. So look forward to more. And then after that, I will possibly have the Aretha Franklin movie, aka Jennifer Hudson as Aretha Franklin, the movie respect on blu-ray and dvd that we can plug also on this find your film podcast so part of finding your film is hopefully finding some really good physical media and hopefully hopefully some of you loyal listeners will be treated to will win one of our giveaways okay so that is it let's go to recommendations eric holmes your turn no yes. links here this is you this is you're actually linking from your own subconscious what's your no, first record it's not a good place to link from uh, well, what is your uh, first recommendation for this well, week? Well, we got a. I mean, maybe we should start with the big one, the one that everyone's probably seen already. Uh, no, saw no. a uh, movie called Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills. Oh, nice, Bruce. With the what? What is Michael Myers? Michael Myers. How, did you actually purchase that, Bruce, on your on your person? How old is this figure figure that you've had? How long have you had it? Uh, late nineties, early thousands. What led you, what inspired you to actually to buy, to purchase it just for the heck of it? They came out with a series of movie maniacs, um, little guys like this. So he was one of them. Oh, was that the Tom McFarlane one? Yep. Uh, oh, very cool. Okay. So this was- is, this is Halloween kills. I actually look, I, I hate to say this, and this is a movie podcast. I'm really outing myself right now. I have not seen one Halloween film. I know that I know one. the score. I've seen I'm one so Halloween film. I'll probably if I start. I'm not. You know what? I'll probably since I'm and you know bass awkward. I'll probably start with Halloween three season of the witch and then work my way back That's and so forth. Bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I heard. Andrew Martin from Andrew watches movies. I remember he's a champion of that movie. That's why I want Halloween three season of the witch. But Eric Holmes, Halloween Kills. I've been hearing some people really love it, but then some people really think it's a it's throwaway garbage. Where do you land on it? Tell us about this movie and uh, were you disappointed? I land more in the. I don't know if I love it, but I lean more on that end of it. For well, first of all, the I, I don't know. Should we say the opening scene? The opening scene is really good. 
and uh there's a you know someone shows up that's it's really exciting to see um, Halloween 2018 is basically a direct supposed to be a direct sequel of uh the John Carpenter's Halloween and of course this is continuing that with Halloween Kills and the Halloween 2018 seemed to be a lot darker and kind of uh more creepy kind of almost staying in line with the original Halloween and so I was kind of expecting more of that with Halloween Kills you know them kind of continuing that tone but they really didn't do that at all. This is uh, this is more of a straight up like a um, you know just a. I mean, they're all slashers, but this is like the slasher you think of. Like this this movie has cheese all over it, and some of it I kind of appreciated, but not right away did I do that because again, I I often tell a story of one time when I was a kid and uh, I really liked uh, sour cream and onion potato chips. There's my favorite things to eat ever. I still love and them. I, I still like oh, them. Yes. Yeah. It's not my favorite thing now, but I still oh. do like them. But uh, my parents uh, went to a, one of their friend's parties and those kids were there. And I saw a big green bag of chips and, oh, that looks like sour cream and onion to me. I reached in, grab a big old bag of them and shove them in my mouth. And they're salt and vinegar chips. <laughs> immediately spit them. <laughs> I love them too. I like those too. But Bruce, salt and vinegar chips. Would you spit them out? Do you like them? What are you? I, what like you? I love oh, them. Again, and again, I like salt and vinegar chips now too. But when I'm a kid and I'm expecting to get uh, sour cream and onion and get a mouthful of salt and vinegar, it was it was kind of a I wasn't quite prepared for it. And so now having seen Halloween Kills and kind of knowing what it is and how silly it can be and how cheesy it is at time, it's, it's kind of uh, it's kind of grown on me a little bit. And it, it seems like one of those movies, I think I'll watch it again and have kind of fun with it uh, um, on its own terms as opposed to what I was expecting it to be. Now, that said, I thought the without you know saying anything about the ending, I thought that the ending was uh, set up Halloween Ends pretty good and i think it set it up a lot better than halloween set up halloween kills because <laughs> halloween 2018 when it ended and they're like we're making a sequel I'm like well how the fuck do you do that how do you do that and then when they you know explain that in halloween kills i'm like well that's fucking stupid <laughs> but i mean that's kind of that seems to be the whole tone of that they're going for in this movie i don't get why they decided that but they did and you know that's what it is. I would be uh, would be happy to watch it again, and I'm really excited to see what the based on the ending of Halloween Kills. I'm really excited to see what they do with uh, Halloween Ends because I think that set it up a lot better than than 18, 2018 set up uh, Halloween Kills. Bruce Eric was talking about the tone changes between Halloween and Halloween Kills. Do you think director David Gordon Green, obviously he's had a very diverse career. Has he handled the Halloween franchise just in aggregate with these two films the way you wanted it to, to be? Do you think he was a perfect filmmaker for this? Are you excited for Halloween ends? All that's how, how's he doing as, as, as far as, uh, you know, taking over those reins? I think he's doing fine. I, this is kind of an unenviable situation. Like how do you, is, and, I, and I compared this to something else and people got upset with me, but I'll do it again. <laughs> and that is, I kind of compare it to the, the star Wars sequels that just came out recently, like you're, it's a no win situation for the people make those movies, whether they're good or bad, you're going to piss off a bunch of people and you're going to, 
you know, make a bunch of people super happy. You know what I mean? So a great director can get in there and you're kind of already burdened with so much baggage of this long series. That being said, I mean, I'm kind of in a similar camp to Eric on it. I think overall, I was kind of middle of the road on it, on it mostly because I felt like it kind of, it started out to me, it started out really strong. And I mean, it was great. It, it, it's going to tide me over to the beta test. I'll just say that. I'm not going to say why, but there's a great opening. Uh, and in fact, by the time that, and this isn't spoiling anything, it's like in all the footage you see, by the time that uh, Michael kind of walks out of the burning building, I was like, this could be like almost one of my favorite Halloween movies ever. This is shaping up to be awesome. And then it just kind of, it, it got a little too uh, it, it went in so many different directions. It didn't, all of them didn't quite work for me. And it kind of became a little messy for me. And I wanted it to be a little more streamlined. It almost shaped like it, like it was going to be the original Halloween two. And Eric can probably see what I'm saying about this. The, the original Halloween two was much more of a hardcore slasher movie. And a lot of people didn't like that because the first one was so atmospheric and kind of tense. This one almost feels like it's going to go down that road again, because it's, much more gory. It's much more slashery and it's got moments of brilliance. I'll just say there's a moment where I'll just say Michael is testing out knives in a very unique way, which was brilliant. I thought. Yeah. Um, that, I think I know what scene you're talking about <laughs> that, that. That was like one of a couple scenes in the movie where I was like, it's weird to say, but it almost touched me emotionally. Yeah. If it's, if it's a scene that you're talking about on the countertop. Yes. Yeah. And that, that scene, I was like, Holy damn, that's fucking dark. Yeah. And then it just goes back to the cheese and fun. But yeah, see, that's that at that moment, I was like, oh, wow, if this keeps going like this, this could be really fucking interesting. And but then it kind of didn't. And but I mean, it's it, it is what it is. I'm, people are very passionate about this movie, which kind of surprises me. <laughs> I don't really see why this, you know, engen- engenders so much passion in people. But hey, movies do that for us and different movies strike us. Uh, in our souls you know we all have our the movies that get us i would suggest um in future movies that just for the safety of the people of haddonfield they learn how to use a gun and no aim shit. it. <laughs> and no. learn how to tell if somebody is five foot nine versus six foot three <laughs> and learn to you know uh, if they're in front of you and they're coming <laughs> to kill you just point it at them and shoot if they're behind a wall you don't need to shoot if you can't see him probably not a good idea to start shooting them because you're just wasting bullets but also they should all watch zombie land and just basically remember double tap yeah well i mean I... honestly i don't think that would have helped <laughs> yeah, i don't think so either. <laughs> now for people like me what just the few people like me who haven't seen halloween do they start with 2018's halloween or do they go halloween then halloween 2 and then go into halloween and then Halloween kills. What's the I, chronology in, would, in order to... Yeah, go ahead, Eric. I would start with the first Halloween just because it's a good movie. If you haven't seen any of them, you could get away with just watching 2018 and then this one. And in fact, you could probably just get away with watching this one. Because even though the story the story continues, it kind of... I think it could probably stand on it like on its own as its mm. own feature. I, I don't think you're going to... If you just watch Halloween Kills, I don't think you're going to miss too much. I mean, you'd miss a lot. You miss two awesome movies, but you're not going to be lost, I guess I would say. The only thing I would say to that, though, is, and I wondered about this when I was watching it, like, how confused would I have been if I didn't know, like, any of the history? Because I know they do kind of recap it a little bit, but there's a lot of characters here that are based on characters you've seen before. 
So I think if you really want to enjoy it the best, I would say what Eric said first, what I, what I would do, which is the Halloween original, Halloween 2018, and then Halloween Kills, because the last two really rely, or they don't rely on it, I guess, but they're much richer if you kind of know who all these characters were before. I think that helps a lot. Yeah. And Halloween 2 is not a necess- necessity to get into Halloween no. 2018. No. Okay. In, in fact, and, and that's the weird thing. That's the weird thing about this. And I think that's why I spit out the uh, salt and vinegar chips is that the the whole conceit of Halloween 2018 was we're ignoring the rest of the Halloween movies. This is a sequel to the John Carpenter's Halloween. And I thought the conceit was we're going to take this seriously. We're going to continue that tone. And so I thought, and so obviously when Halloween kills, I thought they were going to continue that. And when they didn't and they went, you know, it's like, wait, this is, <laughs> it, it, it was just basically kind of a, a, a threw me off a little bit. Yeah. And I guess to, to that point, if you don't know that and you're not expecting that, then maybe you go right into Halloween kills and go, yeah, this is about what I expected from a slasher sequel. Okay. So that is Halloween kills currently streaming on Peacock. Obviously the best form would be to watch it in theaters. I'm assuming. Yeah. Halloween kills on the theaters. Is that how you guys watch it? Or probably you guys both saw it on Peacock. How you guys do it? I uh, rented it on Peacock. Saw it on there. Yeah. Peacock. But this would have been a fun one to see in the theater. This would be a fun one to see with the audience in the theater. I think. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of theaters, what what movie what movies do you guys plan to see this weekend? What's on the on your docket? Because I I still until I get the booster shot, still not gonna watch the movie. You know, so well, what's the movie? You get? Dune uh, is that the one? Dune, what, what, Dune. Yep. My birthday's this weekend, and I'm going to play the Dune board game, and then I'm gonna go watch Dune, and then I'm gonna come home, and then probably listen to the rest of uh, Dune Messiah audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> again that is friday october 22nd that eric holmes celebrates his 30th birthday happy birthday on friday october 22nd 44 but yeah we obviously he wants to be his perfect age would be age 69 but he is only he's yeah. 25 years off yeah of don't don't take years away from me not until i get there <laughs> <laughs> okay so again um early happy birthday wish to you eric holmes for october 22nd you will be in a dune rampage bruce perky will you be on a dune rampage on well friday you're working all day probably what are you what are you uh, gonna see over the weekend in theaters if you're gonna see something if i have time i'm gonna we decided to kind of split our duties so that way we each get to see something different i'll probably see and i think it's out this weekend the last night in soho if it's in my area i'll watch that and then maybe i'll watch dune too but it just kind of whether time permits yes a lot of people are loving dune and a lot of people are not liking Dune so much. So it's very, it, there's a lot of little split, a split camp here on, well, on Dune. It'll be interesting. Having having read the book and having not seen the movie yet, I'm wondering if this might be a Lord of the Rings sort of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. The, the mm. Fellowship of the Ring came out. I remember watching that the first time and the movie just stopped. I'm like, I'm going to wait another fucking year to see how this ends. <laughs> <laughs> and then so I, I, like, I, I remember watching that. And I, I, was so disappointed with that so when two towers came out i'm like not doing it not doing it i will wait till the return of the king comes out and then i'll and then, watch the first one watch the oh. second one on dvd and then go to the theater and watch the third one that's what you, i did you I'm, waited three years eric for that you waited three years for that I did. privilege my goodness I did. and i'm i'm wondering because i i know how dune ends I've, I've read the book so i know where the story's going and so one of my things i'm excited about is to see how they translate that into the movie and so but if you haven't read the book then you don't know so i'm, I'm 
I haven't seen the movie yet, but the people I've seen that are disappointed with it are disappointed with it for that reason. And mm. I'll, I'll be able to talk more about it next week. Um, cool. But without spoilers, of course, but you know, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for it. Would you yeah, quickly, before that. we get to Bruce's recommendation, uh, one of his first of his two recommendations this week, would you recommend the Lynch film Dune or, and, or would you recommend the miniseries? Okay. So the Lynch film, I do recommend it, but not, it's that's about like because I, I saw Yodorowsky's Dune and what he wanted to do with it. I'm like, I mean, that would be a sweet movie, but that's not what the book is. Uh, David Lynch's version is a little closer to that, but I think where the Dune book really shines is the end and and the uh, a lot of the political intrigue that gets them to that end. And that's kind of it's kind of there in the Lynch version, but not really like it doesn't really drive it home. It's kind of like The Last Man on Earth. Uh, it was a adaptation of I Am Legend. It gets close enough that if you read the book, it's like okay, yeah, they they kind of hit all the beats, but they didn't really drive it home the way the book did. And mm. I'm thinking that the the Denny Villeneuve versions, it it seems like it's going to do that. Unfortunately for everyone else, unless we get that second movie, it's not gonna it's not gonna have that gut punch ending like the book did. But. Oh. Or it might not at all. Maybe they go in a completely different direction. That's entirely possible too. But I, for it, I, I would say, you know, for the people that watch the Dune, and I, fuck, I don't know. I haven't even watched it yet. But if you're disappointed with how the story ends, just wait. The second one, just it, it'll totally be worth it. But okay, we'll okay, see. we'll, we'll we talk more see. about it next week. We will see. Eric Holmes will give his report on Dune next week, and hopefully, if. Uh, what is it last night in soho or night in soho bruce so hopefully if that's playing this week you're gonna watch it so we'll mm-hmm. see what happens with that soho film now bruce what's your first of your two recommendations this week what what you got well i tried to make both of mine slasher or slasher adjacent kind of since that seems to be the theme of the week and i went back to one that i wanted to talk about last year it was impossible to find it's still pretty impossible to find but it has been released now on shout factory so Hmm. You can now watch 1982's Alone in the Dark, directed by Jack Shoulder. Jack Shoulder has a connection to something that Eric's going to talk about a little later. I will mention that when it comes up. I never He's heard of director. I never, I never heard of him. So very interested to, to hear yes. that connection. Okay, <laughs> Jack Shoulder is in is in a series of movies that might be mentioned by Mr. Eric Holmes. So this is from 1982. It is. A very, very unusual slasher movie. It doesn't, it's almost like a precursor to Scream, but not as overtly meta and way ahead of its time. So it doesn't quite work for people at the time. And it doesn't fit the slasher genre really at all, which is probably why it kind of fell into obscurity. I was looking up some of the trivia. It was the first release by New Line Cinema. That should tell you something. Here are the stars of this movie. Frank, played by Jack Palance. He is in an an asylum. Uh, He is a ex or a, a vet who is murderous and is kept in this asylum as a dangerous criminal. We have Preacher, played by Martin Landau. He is also a dangerous, insane criminal in this asylum. We also have two others, the Bleeder and another gentleman. <laughs> the Bleeder, you never see his face. And when he gets really excited or, or homicidal, he bleeds, but they don't show his face. He's very um, embarrassed. And then their doctor, Dr. Leo Bain, played by Donald Pleasance. Aha, Donald Pleasance from halloween so donald pleasant cast really... that's a great freaking cast right there <laughs> yeah. <My God. laughs> donald pleasant has a really interesting uh, method here 
Uh, first of all, he has a brand new doctor that's coming in and he kind of gives him the tour, you know, that classic thing, like here's our grounds and here's my, my, and his methods are very kind of like hippy dippy, right? He's like, man, we're all in this disturbed world and it's just too much for them to take. And we need to like, find out how to like, let them coexist in this world. And they're like, well, how do you keep these guys in? So they don't, yeah, we have no windows, man, no locks or anything. So what they have is they have an electrical system that if one of the homicidal guys tries to escape, it will shut the window. It'll sense that they're trying to go through the window and it'll shut the window. So it'll lock them in if they try to do anything. Unfortunately, this is a called alone in the dark, which means that there is a blackout and all the electricity goes out. So, uh, hey, <laughs> they're all free. <laughs> and they're, um, the new doctors and his family live nearby and they have discovered the address of the new doctor and his family. And Jack Palance's character blames the new doctor for killing the previous doctor he didn't but he thinks that he did so he's they're out they're all on a mission to go and get the new doctor at his house that's kind of the setup is it a great movie no is it a very unusual movie and a lot of fun for people especially that like 80s slashers movies and have never seen this movie i would say it's something you should at least check out uh if for no other reason (laughs) this town it's some small town for no other reason than when the electricity goes out it seems to take about 10 minutes for the entire town to go into a looting rampage and set things on fire (laughs) and you have this and you have a great scene where the escaped um criminals you know like just kind of blend into the crowd and and they all find they go into like a hardware store and stuff and they're all finding their weapons and things and it's 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 pretty great setup the only other things i would say about this it has a couple interesting trivia pieces this was one of the movies it didn't officially get video nasty status but it was one of the movies that would have been and was cut by british censors like the title character in the movie censor which is now yes. out on Hulu, which we talked about recently. If you want to yeah, you posted that episodes. Yeah, very cool film. So that's so this is one of those movies at the time that was actually cut in Britain because of its violence and stuff. It's not actually that violent, but it's not violent at all, really. And another thing that I thought I read about it that was really interesting is they wished they had had a bigger budget. And if they had, the original plan was this. Now tell me if this would not have been an awesome movie. Instead of being out in the country, it was going to be a blackout in New York City. And they were going to escape and the mafia was going to have to hunt them down. That's great. That sounds like a a remake in the offing. (laughs) That sounds like a really cool film. I would have watched the hell out of that. Anyway, this is, uh, if you have any interest in those actors who went on, two of those actors went on to win Academy Awards after this movie, then uh, you might want to check this out. Okay. So that's Alone in the Dark, directed and co-written by Jack Shoulder. I was looking at some of Shoulder's work. My goodness, what a career this guy has had. Amazing, amazing career. And surprisingly, I guess we're going to talk about, a little bit more about him. Again, that is Bruce's first pick, Alone in the Dark. Eric, we're up with you. What's your next pick? Well, shit, we'll just get right into it. My next pick is actually a bunch of picks. I just uh, I got a wild hair up my butt and started watching a bunch of Nightmare on Elm Streets. I skipped one, three, and New Nightmare because I've seen those plenty of times i watched two a couple times like you know over the years i've watched two a couple times dream master dream child freddy's dead and freddy versus jay well i watched freddy versus jason because the kids love that movie so i figured fuck <laughs> it i'll watch this one again but uh mostly it was it was the uh well i guess uh to bruce's point the jack shoulder he did the uh nightmare on elm street two yep. is that okay and so i think 
because I've seen all these movies before a long time ago and then just kind of revisiting them. One one thing I took away from it. Oh, by the way, Nightmare on Elm Street is about a, a, a child murdering dream demon that goes around and killing all the children. But uh, one of the things that struck me in watching them, it was I never... I never realized how much these movies connect because I always seem to remember them as kind of standalones, like, you know, similar characters coming in and out, but the, I didn't ever recall the stories line, just keep moving forward. And so that was kind of neat. And, um, Oh, Fudge, what the happened? dream master, the dream master yes. director of the dream master is in the Ren Harlan, Ren Harlan. Harlan. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and this is gonna suck what i'm gonna say after this Randy harlan needs more love because that guy is fucking awesome <laughs> he's also an awesome filmmaker he, he is and yeah. it sucks that i literally just forgot his name right right before yeah. i was about to say i got, awesome I got your back man i got your i know but, but i think like obviously uh one three and new nightmare you know people uh people kind of uh prop those movies up as they should because they're they're good but i think as a whole like the nightmare on elm street franchise is pretty solid for the most part you get kind of silly with the dream child and and freddy's dead which oh i gotta bring up uh freddy's dead director is rachel oh talaya rachel talale yeah i interviewed her for tank girl yeah yeah she did tank girl and she did some really cool stuff. Like there was uh, stuff in uh, Freddy's Dead that was, uh, you know, clearly supposed to be 3D, you know, coming at you, <laughs> Come, you know. And there's some, uh, you know, special effects that don't quite hold up, but it, it looked it looked pretty ambitious for the time. And uh, I mean, when you talk about uh, when you talk about uh, female directors, and Tank Girl's awesome. Yeah, it, it's amazing. Press, I... It's ama- It's amazing that she never comes up. And she absolutely yeah. should. I did the yeah. press day for that. I interviewed her and Lori Petty years ago. I'm yeah. so old. But it'd so. be good. It, it, it'd be good to uh, see her in, uh, in Penelope, Penelope Spheris. Because I was thinking about her the other day with the, no, the Wayne's great. World and Black Sheep. Like, you, get, like, you don't hear of many jobber women directors, but they're there. And then, uh, of course, Rennie Harlan, the Dream Master. Dream Master. Uh, yeah, that's a that, good one. Okay. That, that's not my favorite Freddie movie. Yeah. But after watching again, that one that one shot like damn near like side by side with Dream Wars for me, and I, I was I was absolutely stunned by that. But uh, yeah, don't have much more else to say other. Well, than I'll say one the, more the, thing the for you to say. The one more thing. Was, oh, go ahead. Yeah, let's just say, hey, someone says, Eric, I only have one slot for a Nightmare on Elm Street film to see during this holiday this Halloween season. What's the Nightmare on Elm Street movie? that I should watch non-linear structure side, just based on the quality of the movie, based on scares, based on story. What's um, the most bang for your buck you're going to get? The most standalone one is probably new nightmare or the first one. Uh, but uh, I think new nightmares, will, uh, you know, Wes Craven's been doing it for a while. I think he's gotten better as, as he went on. So probably new nightmare and new nightmare. I think it was a lot ahead of its time when it came out. I, I remember it came out and, you know, uh, granted a lot of uh uh critics at the time were like you know just turn their nose up at horror which is fine but uh i I think new nightmare holds up a lot better than it did when it came out but if you want to go a little more if you want to go a little more fun i would go with uh freddy's dead uh the final nightmare because that one has a lot of uh, freddy's history you know it does a lot of flashbacks and and 
there's there's storyline that continues from the dream child that you're not going to know about but you know that each of these movies i think were meant to uh bring in new people anyway so i i, I would say it, if you want to see a legit good movie go new nightmare and if you want to go silly go freddy's dead okay were you a fan first of the nightmare on elm street films would you agree with those uh, picks as far as Yes, I was. I saw almost almost all of them in the theater. Mm. In fact, last year, when the pandemic was still pretty strong, I think my son and I went and saw the original Nightmare on Elm Street. We saw it in the theater with only us. We were alone in the theater and it held up and he liked it quite a bit for an old. That's a pretty darn old movie for him to to enjoy. And it was really enjoyable still. So, okay, Bruce. So what is your second recommendation after we've done this, the night, a nightmare on Elm street saga review from Eric Holmes? <laughs> well, this was, I guess my discovery of the week. This was a movie that I, I don't even know if I had heard of it before. And it kind of blew me away about how awesome it was. And this is called dream home from 2010. Wow. It, Never heard of it. It take, It's in. It's on AMC Plus or Shudder, and I believe you can rent it all over the place too. But if you want to see it for free streaming, it's one of those two. Um, directed by Ho Chung Pang. I believe, it, since it takes place in Hong Kong, I'm assuming that's a, a, a Hong Kong director. This movie's awesome. But pre-warning, very violent. So if you aren't, if you can't handle that, not for you. But we're Squeamish. talking about horror movies it's and slashers. Violent to the point of being... Uh, yes. Was, yes. Yes. Okay. So here's the basic concept. Well, I'll tell you how it starts. I'll give you the basic concept at the start of it here. So it starts with a, like a little blurb on the screen. It's something like, uh, it's talking about the, the price of real estate in Hong Kong. Like if you want a really a nice apartment or condo, it's extremely expensive. And this is supposed to take place right before the housing collapse. So this, this is filmed in 2010, I guess, but it's supposed to be like 2008 or whatever. And it talks about how basically the average working middle-class person could not afford a nice place at all. And then the next shot basically is you have this woman. She's all, she's kind of made up. She's not in disguise, but she's got, you know, like a coat and a hat. And she goes into this big high rise apartment building and she goes to the security uh, office where there's all the security cameras. Bruce, can you um, go back a little bit for it? We, we just uh, lost you for a second. Can you oh, just yeah. talk, talk about the woman? So pick up where the, so woman... the woman is kind of, she's kind of, you know, she's got a coat on and a hat. She's not fully disguised, but she's kind of looking as incognito as possible. Right. And she goes into the security office of that, of this big high rise apartment building where they have all the security cameras and everything. And the security guard's just sleeping. He's dozing. She sneaks up behind him. She has one of those big zip ties like you use to handcuff people. And almost like a game of operation or something where you try not to touch the sides and set off the alarm, she lowers it over his head and then pulls the zip tie really tight. And of course, he's immediately choking and, 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 and his face getting ready. He's, he's suffocating. He's grasping, grappling at everything. She's just standing there. She has a, a, a hand-sized um, sledgehammer in her hand, but she's still just watching him. He's still scrambling, scrambling, losing air. He's, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? He finally catches purchase of a box cutter and proceeds to try to cut the zip tie off his neck. And that's the beginning of this movie. So what this movie does so well, and it starts out with like a time. It's like 11.45 p.m. on a certain day. So the whole movie takes place over just like an hour or two of her basically doing what she thinks is necessary in every brutal and unrelenting fashion to get her dream home. But intercut between these efforts, it gives the flashback of her whole life and why this matters so much to her. So 
you start from her as a child and end up to the moment right before she goes to his apartment complex. And it is very brutal, very imaginative. This is like Halloween kills. A lot of people talking about how bloody and imaginative the murders were. This is, I would say, a step up from that. This movie is quite something, quite something. Oh, gosh. How did you hear about this? You've always heard that it's a good movie. and then No, just I hadn't. I hadn't. It has a really cool graphic. I had posted the picture of the poster, and it's kind of this painted picture of her with this knife. And uh, I was kind of drawn to it and shuddered. And I was like, well, that looks un- unusual. First of all, you don't, the slasher movies with a female killer is very unusual. And then to take a killer where you really set up their backstory. So you do this really interesting thing where you combine understanding her like she's not a maniac understanding she has a purpose. This is all for a purpose, but she's also unrelentingly brutal in this movie. So it's, it's something. Oh my gosh. That sounds like an interesting movie. I don't know. Just because of that zip tie thing. I don't know. But I'm going to, Eric, you're going to see this. You got to, I mean, it's zip tie. <laughs> and and that's know. probably, that's not even close to, you're going to see a couple things in there. You're going to be like, <clears throat> holy shit <laughs> they yo, went there yeah okay but anyways dream home currently bruce loves it high recommendation from bruce berkey yeah. currently streaming on amc plus or shutter i'll probably watch it on shutter before we get to your what's in the box bruce do you have one more eric for the road do you have one I more do. film or you, okay yeah what is it what do you, i do hear. so uh on uh let's crash this parade the youtube channel yeah jack um, Fitzpatrick. yeah is that his yeah, name jack, yeah jack, jack, jack we love you jack i was kidding us i know your name yeah he, he had a uh, he had a uh, what what was that video that he had with the uh, the list of if you like Squid Games right check out mm. check out these, these. movies mm-hmm. and he had a bunch of them on there and I I would highly recommend anyone uh, check that video out if you haven't one of the movies he had on there was called Exam and I was like well I I don't know what that I don't know what Exam is but oh looky here I can find it online I'm going to check out Exam and so that's what I did Exam was a 2019. <laughs> 2009 movie directed by Stuart Hazeldine and basically it's just a bunch of people they uh sit down you know they sit down in a room I think there's eight eight of them and someone comes up you know to address the class so to speak and he gives the rules and I don't remember the rules because my brain is mush but essentially what it is is that they have to there's a question before them they have to figure out what the question is and then they have to answer the question and they're not allowed to talk to him or the guard that's in there. The guard, the dude, the guy playing the guards, one of the best actors ever. All I had to do was stand there and just not say anything. And I know it sounds super easy, but try to stand there for two hours and not say anything and see how well you can do that. And I'm sure he had to do that for more than two hours. Cause you know, take a shot. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. So once the guy leaves, they're not allowed to address the guy or the guard. Uh, they're not allowed to leave the room if they leave the room they're uh, disqualified and if they have a paper in front of them that says uh, you know uh, contestant one two it's not contestant but person one two whatever and a pencil and they're not allowed to damage their own paper so he leaves and now the people are just trying to figure out like what what question I don't know I don't know what we're supposed to do and that, so they're trying to figure it out. And of course it devolves into uh, uh, people kind of button heads with each other. Oh, we got to figure this out and I'll kill you if I have to. And it's like, whoa, dude, we can just, you know, figure this out. But it, it was pretty, uh, pretty tense. Never heard there, of this one. It's just called. Yeah, exam. Yeah, new, 
yeah uh, there's a movie called the exam this one's just called exam exam you know, okay no the yeah this was a, this was a pretty cool movie i'm not that guy but i figured this one out pretty early on because you know when someone stands in front of a class and the first thing he says is pay attention because i'm not going to repeat i pay attention i pause it and then i turn the subtitles on so i can read exactly what it is he's saying and so i figured this out not not like I figured it out, but like, oh, there, there's a there's a flaw in his logic because he did that. He said that thing. And as it turned out, that wasn't a flaw in his logic. That that was a thing. So, you know, be worried about that. But then it the after the twist, it, it goes uh, it goes a little further and kind of uh, explains more why they're there. I, I don't know, uh, Bruce, you've seen Cube. Have, have you seen Cube, yes. Greg? No, mm-hmm. I haven't seen Cube. Yeah. Okay, so when Cube ends, it, it's basically people trapped in a situation trying to figure their way out. And then when, you know, the people figure their way out at the end, you're, it's it just stops. The movie just stops. Like, cool, you got out. That's the end of the movie. It's like, well, what the fuck was this all about? I think where Exam does does better than Cube is you get to the end, you get the twist. And then they explain what's going on, so it's 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 a lot more satisfying, I think. So even though I even though I figured out the uh, twist, I had no idea what it, they were in there for, and it still had a satisfying ending, regardless of that. And uh, that night, I don't think I don't know if people get the twist. Like you have to really pay attention to what the guy's saying at the beginning, and something just he he said one particular thing that just really I, I just zeroed in on it almost immediately. Um, so maybe if I was a little drunker when I was watching, <laughs> I would not have done that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I would like to thank Jack, Jack Fitzpatrick for uh, bringing this movie to my attention. It was uh, it was really fun, uh, really fun, really suspenseful, and yeah, it was a good one. Check it out. Okay, so that is Exam. It's, it was released in 2009, and like I said, you could see it on streaming. And you can rent it as well, but it's on AMC Plus as far as and DirecTV if you want to sub it as well. So that sounds like a, both very interesting movies, Exam and when I was thinking Alone in the Dark, what was the last movie you did? Um, Dream Home, Dream Home, Bruce. That sounds very, very interesting. Now we're closing out the show. We're finally, we're after a two week hiatus, What's in the Box. But before we do What's in the Box, we have our special guest, special musical guest, Eric. Who's our special, special musical guest for this year Find Your Film episode? Our uh, our special guest musical guest is Pete Pancakes and the Pancake Eaters. Yo, Pete, drop that beat. Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? You lie! No! What's in the fucking box? All right, Bruce, what you got? Well, I have suggested by Ken Cunningham. 1982 Megaforce is the movie. Megaforce. <laughs> Ken always by, comes up with interesting movies. Directed by Hal Needham. Yeah, Hal Needham, yeah. This, this is not a, a free stream anywhere. Uh, you had to get it either Amazon. I got Amazon Rental. Or you can do, I think, Apple Rental. There might be a couple other places. This is a movie that I never had actually seen, but I vaguely remembered it being out in 1982 the, the main stars of this are barry Bo- oh it's barry bostwick from yes. rocky horror picture show and a bunch of other stuff and persis kambata persis kambata know, from star trek the motion picture star yes. trek, the motion picture yes exactly yes. Uh, and there's a bunch of other people in here too but uh that's they're probably the two most notable people for for my brain i guess this movie is uh, this is one of those movies that 
it either hits you or doesn't hit you. It's one of those kind of camp movies for sure. How to describe this? Well, first of all, I was reading some of the, the, the trivia on this. Team America World Police is based loosely on this movie, Megaforce. Wow. Megaforce is supposed to be this elite fighting force that takes place maybe in the future from 1982. I'm not sure exactly. It's a little unclear. It's it's a it's a real <laughs> it's a real mess. I I kept thinking about it, I'm thinking this is like a even though it's 1982, I thought of this is like like a disco sci-fi action movie where the director because he's a stuntman, mostly known as a stuntman at that time and director, he had access to lots of motorcycles, lots of tanks, some military a- airplanes and a section of desert probably in Nevada or eastern California and he uh just <laughs> <laughs> loosely cobbled together some kind of a of a plot around it there isn't much to say oh and you, if you have to do anything with this movie uh it's not very exciting this is not to me this doesn't have enough camp fun but the camp fun it does have is staggering so give it a try if it's not for you i would say you could probably find a youtube mix of the most funny things from megaforce but if nothing else look up Barry Bostwick from Megaforce and see what he looks like because he basically spends the whole movie dressed in various spandex jumpsuits, silver jumpsuits, blue, like powder blue jumpsuits. His hair is, he's got one of those early eighties beards, kind of like Kenny Loggins or something. And then he's got the perfectly quaffed blonde hair. And he always has this little thin, um, uh, (laughs) forehead strap and it's always like the color of his outfit it's just it's it's quite something there is a parachuting dance sequence in this movie was it well executed they would the parachuting Uh, dance oh god no it was no really sad (laughs) lots of green screen (laughs) well the what's hal needham so was the action watchable or fun to watch Lots of explosions, lots of motorcycles and tanks. <laughs> so not really to me, but to some people, maybe. I mean, I had some fun watching it. I, I would lie if I said I didn't have some fun watching it. It wasn't uh, 90 minutes of fun. I would say it's about 20 minutes of fun. <laughs> 20 <laughs> so. minutes of fun. Ken Cunningham, what did you do? What did you force? <laughs> but I, I'm not sorry I watched Berkey. it because I, no. I don't mind watching these kind of things. Like we watched the other day, uh, last what was it a month ago we watched uh tough turf now tough turf that's mm. that's the kind of cheesy jam that i can eat all day long <laughs> okay so that was our cinematics group member ken cunningham he's always very cool with, with his yeah picks i mean ken cunningham who else we got matt stillman we have andrew martin we have a whole bunch and the aforementioned jack fitzpatrick peter beta a lot of chad wilfong a lot of really angie clark a lot of wonderful members join our cinematics facebook group and for just daily movie recommendations. So it's very, really a value added group. Really love this group. And also towards parts of the month, there are people who, you know, I'm thinking like Leslie Davis, again, again, Chad Wilfong, Andrew Martin, people just start giving out screen passes from their movies anywhere account. So that's a a Voodoo account. So that's really awesome stuff. Really cool movie group. We have only just about 500 members, a very intimate group. Real quick about that. I've I've seen those screen passes. Mm -hmm. How do those work? Well, I'm an idiot because I usually accept the passes and I end, end up not watching them. But what you have to do is you have to, I believe you have to have a movies anywhere account if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And then you just enable that link, Eric, when you just have to have your movies anywhere account 
enabled on your phone, on your iPad, or on your your Fire Stick and your TV and stuff like that. And that's how you watch uh, that movie. So, so ba- basically, if you're saying if someone's listening to this and they go to the uh, Cinematics Facebook page and they see someone put up one of those screen passes and they have a Movies Anywhere account, uh, they might just be able to click on, hey, that looks like a cool movie. Click on it and be able to mm-hmm. watch it right there. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, as long as, it, of course, that link is first come, first serve. And, you know, so, yeah, I mean, it's whoever gets it first, but it's good. It's a free movie and you don't have to pay your money. So that's. That's a really good one of these days. I, I don't know if you guys have a really good digital library. I don't yet, but I, I think that's something I need to build. Bruce, Eric, you guys have digital movies on your phone or that you cast from your computer? You do have you have I, I got a couple of them. Most of most of the ones that I like have are like physical. Mm-hmm. Um the digital copies I have, uh uh I I, I got a couple just because I yeah. rented them or bought them when they came out, but yeah. I, I I I don't have a uh like a centralized area that that I that they're not very organized at all. They're just no, kind of spread here. all yeah, of them. How, how about you, Bruce? You have a couple here and there on your yeah, computer? Yeah, I have ten or fifteen on there. And yeah. a lot of times it's when I buy one and it has the digital too, I just load it. So that yeah. way the kids or my wife or anybody can just easily get to it and not have to like do like I do and get a physical copy. <laughs> we are so old. We just, we believe in putting discs into machines. Look at, look at us oldies with our, with our wonderful physical media. Now, before we leave our, our episode with this week, Bruce, do you have what's in the bleeping box? What's in the box as Bruce shakes the box, looking for a weekly pick from one of our members. Again, if you have any movie choices or picks for Bruce Perky to watch, he'll put them in the box just email Bruce Perky at gmail.com for your recommendation. So when you're Mr. Uh, Gregor Scissorhands, when you're editing this, you'll have to put in a, a sad horns or something sound here because okay. the turd has finally landed. My oh, son's no. pick has finally come out of the box. He's probably sitting out there right now. He's probably very Uh-oh, excited. Gotta go. Gotta <laughs> go. Oh, oh, so God, I no. will have to watch next week. Bobbleheads, the movie. Oh, she's bobbleheads the movie. That's okay, folks. If you want to actually join Bruce Berkey in this wonderful bobbleheads experience, which I hope you don't, yeah, I don't know. Again, they, I'm, I don't know if, are you, let me guess. Kill me, Michael. Kill me. Uh, <laughs> are you going to watch the beta test before bobbleheads, Bruce? What are you going to watch first? Uh, bobbleheads movie? Beta, or beta comes before bobble in the alphabet. So, yes, <laughs> yes, I will. And Eric, one more thing. When are you going to watch the French Dispatch? Are you going to watch that before the beta test or or maybe never until the 12th of never for that Wes I mean, Anderson movie? It, if I have to watch it, I will. I'm, I'm yes. just not a Wes Anderson fan. I, I do have one thing to bring up, though. For your birthday, can I get you a whole Criterion collection of Wes Anderson films? Would that be a wonderful birthday present for you? And actually, I have a lot of them. <laughs> you, have a, you look at yeah, you. You have a lot of them. I, 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 kept, I kept trying. It, it wasn't like I watched a Wes Anderson turned off. And by the way, I do like uh, I do like Bottle Rock and I do like Fantastic Mr. Fox. So he yeah. does stuff that I like. It's just I can't. I, it's it's not my wheelhouse and i can't quite uh explain <laughs> it but i i do have uh one thing to bring up before we leave yes sir and i i almost forgot about this but uh i i'm in i'm in the writers group uh we go like once a month twice a month and uh, one of the guys in my writers group name is uh rick fisher and he wrote a book called chameleons mm, chameleons look, look, look at that handsome guy look, at, him right there. look at that look at that and uh yeah, I, I can't quite review it yet because I just got it. 
but uh yeah if uh, if you want to uh support a friend of mine uh who's in my writers group uh rick fisher he would appreciate it if you check out his book really you, you can get it on you can get the actual book on amazon or they have like the kindle thing not very expensive and I don't know. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe I can talk to him. We can get him on the show at some point. Sounds good. And talk about his book. Because here's the cool thing. How many people do you know that actually wrote a book? I mean, that's, that's a, a that, huge that, that's accomplishment. A pretty, exactly. Yeah. And so hey, congratulations Eric, to him for that. Congratulations, Rick Fisher. And it's F-I-S-C-H-E-R. If you're looking for Amazon and the, the book, it's called Chameleons. And of course, Eric, bring whatever. Any friend of yours, Eric, is a friend of Bruce's. So don't worry about it. You can always bring it. <laughs> Yes, you don't have to worry about it. So I'll, I'll be sure to and, and don't stare Greg in the eyes. He will don't, snap don't, at you. I will, I will snap. I will. I will. I will. I will snap. As per usual, uh, chameleons. That's a really nice recommendation, Eric Holmes. We are, as per usual, we are le- leading off the, the episode. We are signing off with some thoughts from Bruce Perky. Well, I know next week we plan on talking about the beta test, but I just want to say both of my co-hosts pass the alpha test. Very sweet. I don't know what to say to that. We will see you guys next week. Uh, I was going to say something smart, but I, I got nothing. Thank you, Bruce, for that wonderful compliment. And yes, happy birthday, Eric Holmes. You're turning 69 tomorrow. May you have a wonderful 69th birthday. We love you so much. We'll see you guys next week.